How you guys doing? All right, you guys are sounding a little bit better than the first service. I asked them and it was so weak. How are you guys doing? Awesome, awesome. Give yourself a hand for being in the house of the Lord today. So today, uh, we're going on with the second installment of Lord Help. I started it last week talking about Lord Help, the power of prayer. Everybody say, Lord Help. Man, do we need God's help like never, ever before. So in this series, what we're trying to figure out is what do I pray? What in the world, how do I pray? What words do I use when it comes to prayer? Because whenever you think about prayer, what is prayer? Prayer is communicating with God. That's just in its essence. That's really what it is. And and the more you pray, the more peace that you have. The less you pray, the less peace you have. Because you've got a choice. You can either worry or you can pray as you go through your life. Because you and I both know that worrying does no good. Can I get a witness? No, worrying doesn't do us any good. So the question becomes this today, what do we pray? Of course, God gave us a model and we call it the Lord's Prayer. But when we pray, this is what I love about Matthew's Gospel chapter 19 that we shared last week. With, with God, everything is possible. Say that with me. With God, everything is possible. See, there's endless possibilities through prayer. And the blessings are to unfold in our lives, and we can relish in those in our lives. Also, last week, we looked at this verse that Paul told the church at Colossae. He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Here's what I know about everybody here. Everybody here is devoted to something something. I don't know what it is, but what I want to challenge you in today is, is that your largest, the highest bar that you can do is to be, to be devoted to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Today, we're going to dive into a scripture here that I've shared multiple times over the years, but we're going to look at John's gospel chapter 15. So if you want to turn on your Bible, you can look at these verses here or turn in your Bible to John's gospel chapter 15. And I'm going to begin here with the words of Jesus with verse one. It says, he says, I am the true vine, true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more fruit. So who is God here? God is the gardener. Who is Jesus in the store here? Jesus is the grapevine. You and I are the branches, but yet God the Father is the pruner. Now, it begs the question of this. Why is God the Father the pruner? Well, first and foremost, it's his vineyard, right? And why does he get to do the pruning? Because he knows the purpose for each and every branch that there is in the garden. Now, but the question when you think about pruning, we don't like the pruning process when we're the ones getting pruned. Are you with me? (laughs) How many of you know somebody you would like to personally prune? Raise your hand. Yes. Some of you, they're sitting beside you. Do not raise your hand, but don't you do the pruning, okay? It's not for you and I to do the pruning. God the Father's to do the pruning in our life and in that process to be able to help us to be able to produce much more fruit. And we need to live a life to where, Lord, teach us that people aren't problems to be able to be solved, but teach us that God's people and every one of us are children that need to be loved. Can you say amen? So we need to be able to stay connected and to love like God the Father. So what we do is we walk in our Christian faith, we need to lend ourselves to the pruner who is God the Father. Look at verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. 
It says, remain in me. Say that with me in verse 4. Remain in me. Multiple times through this, and I don't have time to park here, but when you look at it, the key point of this story is being able to remain in Christ. And it says, remain in me and I'll remain in you, for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So there it is again. What does the word remain mean? The original writing of the word remain means to endure. It means that you do not give up and you do not give in. That's what that word means. Now, what about the fruit? How can you have fruit in your life, in every area of your life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, all of those areas? How can you have fruit in your life if you are severed from the vine? Yesterday, I went out behind my house, and I pulled this off of the vine. And look at it, wilted. There's no telling how many Christians that I've witnessed in my life in 25-plus years of ministry who's living a wilted Christian life, severed from the vine, no power to even pray a cold away. Severed. Become fruitless. And, you know, when I first started over, it was doing good, but now it's just, it's just wilting to nothing here. See, our faith walk depends upon our submission and our connection to the true vine, which is Jesus Christ. And when you become disconnected, that's what messes you up. Look at, look at the verse 5 here. It's Jesus said, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Look at the person next to you and said, you're a branch. And you're saying, well, that's cool. That's better than the last thing you called me. So that's our identity. We're a branch. So when you become this branch and you got your identity in Christ, those who remain in me and I in them will produce what? Much? Fruit. Much fruit. But I want you to look at these next eight words. If you don't get anything from today, being here, I want you to get this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 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 You have been identified as branches, but when you become disconnected, your life wilts away apart from the power of God. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And here's what I want you to know. There are not any self-made men or self-made women in this world. Don't let anyone fool you into thinking that. So when I'm staying connected to Christ, the true vine, staying connected means I'm praying connected. That's what I'm doing. I'm accessing the power of God. Why is staying connected so important? Because you will either live a life of peace in God, or you're going to live in panic in the world in which you live in. And so many people today, I watch them everywhere, and I see Christians are wringing their hands. They're just living in panic. And I don't know about you, but this world has gone cray-cray. Can I get a witness? It's easy to lose that inner peace because of our surroundings. You understand what I'm saying? You say, well, how do I lose that inner peace? I think a lot of times we lose inner peace because our circumstances are uncontrollable. We have no way to control them. And there's a lot of people that live life as control freaks. And whenever things aren't being controlled in their life, they feel helpless. I'll tell you another way that a lot of times people lose their inner peace is when people are unchangeable. People will not cooperate with you the way that you want them to. How many of you here have ever tried to change somebody? Raise your hand. 
Raise your hand. A lot of people are guilty of that. They try to change people. They try to change their spouse. They try to change their kids. They try to change the one they're dating. It just doesn't work. Change comes from the willingness of a heart to be able to want to change. You can't push somebody to change. The old saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Something else that makes people lose inner peace is when problems are unexplainable. You can't figure out the why because of something that's happened. And when something doesn't work out the way you think that it ought to work out, that becomes stressful and it causes anxiety in our lives. But here's what I want you to understand. When you are staying connected to Jesus, you don't have to have a wilting life. You don't have to have a powerless life. You have the opportunity to be able to pray in your connection, which will keep you in sanity. Seen so many people, they just lose it in their mind, in their heart. And, and this world here is where that God's will is seldom done. Follow me on that. Track with me on that. Matthew 6 and 10, listen to what it says. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We looked at the Lord's Prayer last week. We recited the Lord's Prayer together. This may be the most misunderstood phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Where is the kingdom of God? Think about that. Where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is allowed to be king. That's where God's kingdom is. Now, since Jesus is king in heaven, we know that the kingdom of God is in heaven. We know that. And one day, Jesus Christ is going to be told by God the Father to come back to the earth to bring his church and his family home. And when he gets here and he sets up the judgment bar of Jesus Christ, there will be God's kingdom on earth through Jesus Christ. And Jesus says that whenever you and I make Jesus the king of our hearts, we have the kingdom of God within us as well. See, God's kingdom is wherever God's will is done. Did you get that? God's kingdom is wherever God's will is done. And if God is, is going to be doing, if you're going to be able to allow God to do God's will in your life, that's where the kingdom of God is inside of you. If you want peace in your heart, despite the circumstances that's going on around you, the problems and the conflicts that may be ailing you, you have to learn that God is God and you're not. There's so many people that live with this mindset, and it freaks them out when, they're, when they can't do the things they want to do when, when, when it comes to things like that. And, and, and you cannot pray this prayer and have peace until you accept the fact that you're not God. A lot of people, they want to live like, okay, God, this is the direction I'm going. Will you come along with me? And if I need you, I'll stop and we'll talk. But other than that, I kind of want to go this way. That ain't how it works. So many people want to live like they're God and ask God's blessings upon them for the life they want. They want the good life, but they aren't living the God life. So staying connected is what I want you to get today. Not just getting the connection, not having a severed connection so your life wilts under the pressures and the problems of life, but how do I stay connected with God? First thing you've got to do, you've got to accept God's plan for your life. And until you do that, life's not going to go so well for you in your life. Instead of, my, instead of my plan for my life, I've got to accept God's purpose for my life and God's will for my life. For, and, and if you don't, it's not going to work so well. But even when you do, it still can be very difficult. Even living in the center of God's will. That's accepting the things that you can't change. And you know what? You didn't choose your birth. 
And if you don't rush it up, you're not going to choose your death. That's going to catch you, catch you off guard one day. And it's about being ready to meet Christ. But you didn't choose the other people and other people, what they do to you. You didn't choose that. But you have to accept the things that cannot be changed. And you change the things that you can. That's all that we can do in this life. You say, well, pastor, what about all the things that you can't change? I just don't understand that. How can you have peace, pastor, when you can't change things? Worrying's not going to work. And anyone in here says they've never worried, (laughs) you're not telling the truth. We've all worried at some point, but how many of you agree with me? Worrying does not work. It's not going to work in our lives. Something else, resentment is not going to give you peace. When you hold things against somebody else, it's eating you up. It's not eating them up. They've done moved on. And something else, a lot of times people, they feel really guilty about things that's happened in life, whether you were in control of it or not. And a lot of people, they just get upset and they have pity parties. And they want to invite everybody to their party, right? <laughs> you know how I used to invite to my pity parties? my dog, my collie dog named Rhett. I thank God he went to doggy heaven because, I mean, he always come and he was there and I could sit there and I could just spout off everything to him and he still loved me and shake hands with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so many people, they have pity parties. I don't want you to come to my pity party and I sure don't want to be a part of yours. And God's not happy when we live like that. All things that you don't like in your life, is what a lot of people throw pity parties about. Well, I don't like my parents. They're all the time want me to do this. They don't want me to hang out with them. They want me to go to this school. They don't like this situation. They want me to take this career. I don't like my parents. Well, tough. Pastor, I don't like my looks. I don't like my big butt. I don't like my big nose. I don't like my thin hair. I don't like my hair's falling out. I don't like my gray hair. Well, that's what God gave you. Life is 31 flavors. We're all different. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. I, I look at my friends and they have all these talents and gifts, and, and I just wished I had the talents and gifts they have. You've got talents and gifts. You just find them and use them for the glory of Almighty God. Whatever that they are, you can't change other people. Quit trying to change yourself. And get, every time you put your eyes on people, you take your eyes off God every single time. So what do you do? You accept, you must accept God's will for your life. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done, God. And here's what I'll tell you. Not everything that happens in life is God's will. That's just a fact. So what do you do when things are beyond your control? What do we do? The Apostle Paul said it best in Philippians 4. He said, beginning with verse 11, not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Think about Paul right here. Paul's writing this this letter right here, and he's up in the Ritz-Carlton. Everybody's serving him. He's going to the spa and getting a massage, and he's getting a mani and a pedi and all those things. He's living the luxurious life when he's doing it. No. Do you understand where Paul is at when he is writing this? He is in a prison in Rome, chained to a guard, in a dungeon. And here Paul, in this moment, where everybody else, most people would be freaking out, he says, I've learned how to be happy no matter what's going on in my life. That's what he's saying here. 
He couldn't change his circumstances. So when you can't change your circumstances, Paul said, I'll just learn to be content. Contentment is learned, but it's also a choice. Like Paul, you can choose to be happy in your life in spite of your circumstances, and that contentment and being happy in those circumstances, it happens through Christ's strength. See, most things in life that happens, God doesn't explain the why behind them. You say, what do you mean? Well, whether it's a problem that happens, a situation, a circumstance, track with me for a moment. How many of you here remember taking a test by your teacher in school? Raise your hand. Okay. Do y'all have one noticeable characteristic about that moment about your teacher? They never said a word. During the test, the teacher was always silent. So God tests us in life all the time. So if you're going through a time in your life and you feel like God is silent with you in this moment, it's a test. It's a test. And God is saying, are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust me in this moment? Will you accept my plan? Will you accept my wisdom? Will you be one that's going to accept my goodness? See, the greatest barrier that we have to peace is when you and I are demanding an explanation to what has happened. And God doesn't know any of us an explanation to what's happening in our lives. And you probably wouldn't understand it if he gave you an explanation. You're only thinking in the moment of your pain. At that moment, that's all you're thinking about. At that moment is the pain that you have in your life. And the truth is, explanations, even if God gave us one, will never, ever give you comfort. Explanations will never really relieve any pain, whether it's emotional or spiritual or some kind of relational or even a physical pain in your life. What you need is when you have pain. Pain is not going to get better through that explanation. You may tell you how it's going to get better. It's through God's presence. It's through God's power in your life that he said, I will be with you always. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll go with you to the very end. But if you're not careful, listen to me, you'll give up instead of giving in and accepting God's plan for your life. You see, you need to stay connected to God in prayer. And that connection that you have to be able to Give full acceptance, complete acceptance to God's will for your life. See, God's will is just not always done. It's just not. And that's why that we have a rampant amount of sin that's taking place in the world around us. That's why we see so much confusion. We see so much heartache and pain and things going away from anything that we do. That's why we see so many people getting hurt in this life. But when you pray, you pray, God, your will be done. And you know what? I pray that your will be done in my life, and I accept your plan for my life. But whenever you accept God's plan in that praying connection, you need to to surrender to God's control. 
I don't just accept God's plan. I accept the why because you're in control, God, not me. I, I, could imagine, I couldn't imagine having this world to be in control of. Wouldn't, like God is doing something. You take the will, God. You got it. We don't like the word surrender, though. We just kind of hate that. It's like this. When it comes to the word surrender, it's almost like, God, I'm not going to surrender. But until you say, I'm going to throw out the surrender flag, things aren't going to go so well for you because you're wanting to be in control in your life. And you know what? Every day you've got a decision to make. Is God going to lead my life or am I going to lead my life? Who's going to run your life? Is it going to be God or yourself? That's the decision you have to make. Whose agenda am I going to follow? Who's calling the shots? Because here's what I'll tell you. Whenever you're calling the shots, God's not. I love Job. You ever study the life of Job and you just take that book and you break it down, it will blow your mind. But I love how that the Contemporary English version gives this verse in chapter 22 and verse 21. He says, surrender to God all-powerful. You will find peace and prosperity. See, that's the key to peace. And you say, well, but God wants me to be happy, Pastor. You're not going to be a happy in your life unless you do what God wants you to do. Otherwise, you're going to be full of stress and turmoil and anguish. Why? Because you're at war with your Creator. And when you're at war with your Creator, you're severed from your Creator, you're not listening to your Creator, you're not going to be happy. It's not going to happen in your life because you try to rationalize your actions of how you're living the Christian life. You look at the word rationalize. Think about the last phrase, the last syllable phrase in that. Lies. Rational lies. It's nothing but lies that we listen to from the enemy to think that we're in control. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. It says, so letting your simple nature control your mind leads to what? What's that word? Death. Death. It says, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to, say those last three words, life and peace. Now say it again, life and peace. How do you get life and peace? Doing what God wants you to do, not what you want to do. People always misconstrued and saying, well, he wants to fulfill the desires of my heart. If it's sinful, he don't want to fulfill none of it. Desires of your heart is when you're in complete alignment in the Holy Spirit and doing God's will. Your kingdom come, your will be done, not mine. And I want you to understand that. Reminds me of a little boy. He went to his dad and said, Dad, I want a new bike. Dad, I need a new bike. Well, son, he said, you know in this household, anything that we want or need, we pray to the Lord about it. So that little boy that night, before he got in his bed, he got down on his knees and he prayed, Lord, God in heaven, I need a new bike. He did as sincere as he could. And the next morning, he run out, opened the garage door, looked. No bike. So for three nights in a row, he prays the same prayer over and over. I need a new bike. The next day, he goes on the fourth day to his grandmother's house. He happened to be in his grandmother's bedroom, and on the dresser there was a beautiful statue of Mother Mary. He looks at it. He picks it up. And he notices a shoebox in his, an empty shoebox in his grandmother's closet. So he takes the empty shoebox, takes the paper and wraps up the paper, the tissue very carefully around the statue of Mother Mary, places it back in the shoebox, puts the top on it, puts the shoebox with Mother Mary 
inside the closet that night. That little boy hit his knees and he said, Dear Lord Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, The minds of kids. Wow. Think about this for a moment. So many people misconstrued our will with God's will in our lives. See, doing your sinful nature leads to all kinds of things that's going to mess you up, such as anxiety and disappointments and resentment, and you end up blaming God for the unhappiness of our lives. You know what people do? They even get mad at God. And I've had people after a quarter of a century, over a quarter of a century of ministry ask me, can they get, is it okay that a Christian gets mad at God? Sure, you can get mad at God. His shoulders are bigger than ours. But I want you to think about this. You think... Yeah, I did get mad at God. I, I sunk every bit of my savings into starting this business, and COVID killed it, and we closed the doors. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mad at God. So you don't understand. <laughs> uh, my marriage is, is just all messed up right now, and it seems like it, it's just holding on my threads. It was my high school sweetheart, but they told me they don't love me anymore. I don't understand that, God. I poured my heart and soul in. You don't understand, God. I'm still single. I watch all my friends get married around me. and seems like they get the perfect romance, and I don't have anybody. God, why aren't you sending me somebody? I don't understand it. God, I poured my life into serving you, and then I get this health report that looks grim, and things aren't looking so good. God, why would you do that to me? I was serving you so faithfully and so well. God, I don't understand this unfulfilled dream that I've got. I thought you would fulfill my dreams. I don't understand, God. Listen, don't blame God. Just pray. Just pray. God, your will be done. Because when you're warring against God, you're stealing the peace that God wants to give you in your heart and in your life. It's just the way it goes. Tell God, I accept your plan my life, God. I surrender to your control. And sometimes you pray and you work so hard and it seems that you fail. But through those times is when God, listen to me, this is good for all of us. It's in those moments that God is pruning us into a future that our minds can't even comprehend. It is unimaginable what he wants to do in our lives. When you're staying connected, that means you've got to accept his plan. You've got to surrender to his control. But here's the tough part. You've got to trust in God's care. I trust God in your care. I trust where you, where you guide me, God. And I'm going to trust that you provide for me, God. Look at Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Look what it says says, you will keep in perfect peace all. Everybody say all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. you see, my life nor yours is ever going to become problem-free in this life. I hope that doesn't disappoint you to think that when you become a Christian that life is great. Life, I don't care if you consider yourself a saint or a sinner or somewhere in between checking out God. We're either coming out of a problem, we're in a problem, 
or there's another problem coming. But man, when we trust to God's care, that's what makes the difference with the true connection of Jesus Christ. Despite the problems, we're going to have peace in the conflicts that happens in life. And when you learn to trust God, even when you have problems that's taking place in your life, that's what's going to make the difference, the inner peace. But you know, why do we have so many problems in the world? Well, it's pretty simple. <laughs> we live in a fallen world. Adam blew it <laughs> in the very beginning. And we live in an perf- imperfect world. But also we have a lot of problems because we have an enemy who hates me, who hates you, and hates God. And he wants to do everything he can to mess up my world and yours, mess up my life and yours, kill, steal, and destroy, and to make you and I as ineffective as possible. If he can get you disconnected, you have a wilted, useless life that God wants you to have a useful Holy Spirit field life doing his will in your life but also when you think about that God wants to give you what you need in this life so that you can be able to have that prayer connection so that when you have that power source in your life God wants to unleash on you in order for you to take the world on for his glory and his honor but I'll tell you another reason we have a lot of problems listen to me closely this is all of us your own poor decisions We've all made dumb decisions, every single one of us, and choices. And most of our problems are a result of those decisions that we made. And sometimes, though, the problems really aren't our fault. Sometimes God allows those things to come into our lives for different reasons. God does that. And you'll have problems that's happening in your life And God will let us go through our lives with those things so that his power can be displayed in our lives. How many of you here, let me ask you this question. How many of you, and listen, man, I'm telling you what, today has an opportunity to change the rest of your life. I'm I'm just telling you right now. How many of you here truly want the presence and the power of God in your life. Would you raise your hand? I'm about to share something with you that if you will practice it and you'll make a commitment to it, it can change your life as a Christian. And if you're not a Christ follower yet, you're going to have the opportunity today. I want to ask you to make a commitment to be a 752 home. So what does that mean, Pastor? I want to ask you to pray starting today from the rest of your life. You pray every day, seven days a week individually. You make sure you pray to God in heaven. I want to be like Daniel and something I practice. Daniel, he prayed three times a day. Pray as many. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying like 1 Thessalonians 4.17 says. Or 5.17. Anyway, I'm not going to lie. Anyway. Pray seven days a week. But next thing, if you have a family, whoever's in your household, Pray with them five days a week. Pray with them five days a week. I'm not just talking about with your kids and you pray a prayer at the dinner table thanking them for the food. That's a wonderful thing. I'm talking about getting together with your family, with your kids, and having prayer requests and writing down the prayer requests in a prayer journal and write down the praises when you come back and say how you answered it. Pray with them five days a week. 
man, especially with kids, planting the power of prayer in their lives. But also, if you're married, pray. If you have a spouse, pray with your spouse at least two days a week together. You say, oh, I, that's, I'm kind of shy about that. Just start like Shannon and I did. Hold your hands eat with each other and, and just say, we're going to begin. And then you squeeze each other's hand and say, amen. That's how you start. Man, when you grab onto each other, you push Satan. It makes him so mad. You're talking about bringing a marriage together through the power of Almighty God. That's how it happens. Your kids over here. If you've got kids over here, they're learning about it right now. We're telling about it. We're giving them a brisk, man. It says 752 on it. So they're going to be, they're going to be holding you accountable. <laughs> My kids, when we didn't pray every day, they held me accountable. But also, I'm going to help you to be accountable with it too. We're going to give you this paper. This is one for every family as you leave that it will explain the 752 prayer at home calendar and the challenge every one of your household get you one of these. But also, I'm going to give you something else that's going to make a difference in your life. I'm going to give you a couple of things because what is the one thing that we carry no matter what and we will run back home to get it? This thing that we call a curse that keeps us connected to a glass house of a world. If we use prayer and our connection to God as much as we worry about this, I think we could change the world. Are you with me, church? So what I'm going to do, we're going to give you a small sticker here, since you carry this everywhere you go, to put on the back of it, Lord's help, 752. So God forbid, if you don't want to stick a sticker on here, I'm praying curses on you, okay? I'm just kidding. I stuck it on the back of my phone, 752, because you're going to carry this with you everywhere. I'm going to, that's going to tell me I pray seven days a week. I pray my family five days a week. I pray my spouse if you're married two days a week. But also, there's something else besides the phone you carry with you everywhere you go. Your keys, going to give you a little cool looking keychain right here. It says 752. You know why we're doing this? It's not that we want to give you cool gadgets. I want God's will done. In all of our lives. I want you to experience the God life, not a good life. That's what I want you to experience. God has so many blessings for us. But yet, we sever the connection and we don't experience them. Your kingdom come. Your will, God, be done. So if you stay connected to Jesus and you pray to him, your kingdom come, God, your will be done. It will change everything about it. And what does God promise to do? It says it right here in the scripture, Matthew 6 and 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Everything. What is the kingdom of God? It's God's will in your life. And it's his will in the world. So if you'll pray and say, God, your will be done. Let it be lived out in my life, God. God says he will take care of all of our needs. You know what the most important moment of your life is? Right now. Right now. Yesterday's gone. The future hasn't come. This moment is the most important moment in your life because, listen, obedience is God's method. A provision in our lives. 
our lives. Are you connected today with Jesus to have that peace? No matter what you're facing, or are you living in turmoil and anxiety and there's stress in some area of your life because some area in your life you haven't yielded to God's will? You're kind of saying, God, you can have all this, but I'll take care of this. That's not obedience. And that's not God's will. Are you tired of being at war with God? Warring against Him because you want it your way? You must make peace with God before you will have peace with God. You say, how, Pastor? Look at Romans chapter 6 and the last part of verse 13. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. You know what the tragedy is? The tragedy isn't that life ends so soon. But it's that that we never begin to truly begin it. God's will, God's way. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, right now, we come in your divine presence, praising your holy name and thanking you for this wonderful opportunity to be in your house today. Every heartbeat that's taking place here, every breath that's being drawn is because of your grace, your mercy, and your love and your purpose that you have for each of us. God, you want us to live with purpose. And God, so many people just want to quit. I pray, God, each one here is going to seek your face and live your will and way. They're just going to say, here I am, God. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust continue to pray the way that you are in the center of God's will is whenever you know in your heart Jesus and with a crowd of people this size I could never take for granted that you already know Jesus is Lord so listen to me very closely if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life to be born again through the spirit of almighty God you're who I'm talking to you're not just here today, friend, because someone that you know graduated and you come to honor them. You're not just here because someone begged you to come and you wanted to get them off your back that you would show up at the house. Or, friend, you're here today if you don't know Jesus because today is your day and today is a day of salvation. So I'll pray in the name of Jesus for every soul I'm talking to here that don't know you, you Lord, God in heaven. If that's you and he's touched your life, may he impress upon you the convicting love of the Holy Spirit. 
So if heads bowed and eyes closed, if you believe in your heart, you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You've never prayed that. This is for you. Just shoot your hand up. Don't worry about who's around you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anyone else? Just shoot your hand up and hold your hand up and give God glory. God bless you. I see that hand, friend. I see that hand, my friend. God bless you. Anyone else? Yes. Raise, just lift your hand up real high. Shoot your hand up. All right. All right, well, we're going to pray, and this is your prayer that you pray. I wish I could pray your prayer. I'd be honored to. But it's your prayer of repentance to be born again. So would you just open your heart and just tell the Lord in your way, say, Lord, I want to invite you into my heart and life. I want to ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in you, that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again to forgive me of my sins. Just tell him, say, Lord, today I asked you to forgive me of my sins and everything I've ever done wrong. I asked you to save my soul. My life is yours, God. If you've prayed this prayer and you meant it from the depths of your soul, just thank him right now and he's going to give you the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here today and I want to go a step further. Maybe you're here today and you were once a Christian and, and, and you were living the Christian life, but you, you've walked away. You walked away from the Father. How many of you here would lift your hand and say, I need to get reconnected to Jesus today? Shoot your hand up real high and say, I need to get reconnected to Jesus today. All right. Would you just pray right where you're at and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for walking away. Forgive me for getting severed from you the true vine I want to reconnect to you God I'm gonna no matter what's happened in my life I want to accept your plan God I want to surrender to your control I want to trust everything to your care God because I know you love me help me to live for you and love you back I've come back home father thank you for what you're doing thank you for what you've done thank you for what you're gonna do Bless this beautiful, beautiful auditorium, your house full of people that's made in your image. Bless their lives. And may we stay connected for your glory and honor despite a world that's not on our side. May we see the power of change around us because your power is going out. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody shouts. Amen. Amen. Let's give our great Savior, King, King Jesus, praise and honor today. Glory be to his name today.